Date of recording, August 27, 2020. Song credit, Lightless Dawn by Kevin MacLeod. Welcome to today's episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedant Akari. For today's episode, we're talking about America's Got Talent, and my guest for today is Emily Hung. Hey, Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Of course, you just want to introduce yourself and how we met each other. Yeah, so I am a sophomore television radio major, um, and we mainly know each other from WICB because we both do radio together. Yeah, and you've been my newscaster during a couple of my DJ shifts. And uh, yeah, yeah. Yes, in the those studio. were good times, you know, before yeah. the world went up in flames <laughs> during 2020. <laughs> I missed that. <laughs> yeah, but how have you been during quarantine and COVID-19? Um, I've been pretty good. I've been watching a bunch of television shows. Um, I've been reading and just basically hanging out with my family and helping my sisters with their homework. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, getting more time with the family, that's always awesome. And you mentioned television. So today we're talking about America's Got Talent. And you're an avid viewer of the show. So could you just describe your history with America's Got Talent? Yeah, so um, I started watching um, America's Got Talent about five years ago. So it was like season 10. Um, so for season 10, I wasn't exactly watching like the full episodes. I was more like watching clips from YouTube. But um, starting season 11, I began watching um, uh, full episodes. So that's the season where Grace Vanderwall won. Um, she's the ukulele player and singer-songwriter. Um, so what first drew me into AGT was all the unique talent and the amazing performers and the performances are just so captivating and also since it's unscripted you never really know what the judges are going to say um, or decide as well. I really like to watch the kids on the show who compete because they are so talented and they're really brave too because they gotta um, mm -hmm. you know perform in front of a whole audience that's probably like hundreds of people and for judges too. What other shows have been watching during COVID? Is it mostly America's Got Talent? Yeah, I've mostly been watching America's Got Talent, but I've also watched um, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Yes, that's an amazing so show. Good. Yes, it's so good. I literally binged that show. Me too. I also rewatched uh, Modern Family. Oh, that's I a really, good one. I really, yeah, it's such a great show. Oh, and also some news shows like uh, World News Tonight and also uh, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I love John Oliver's Yes. That's an amazing show. I've really, really enjoyed being in the virtual audience. Um, I've gone to see like the behind the scenes of creating the show, like a little bit of it, not too much. It's been a really, really interesting experience and cool as well. When we first log in, we're put into like this waiting room. And then um, Karen Kavarazzi from On Camera Audiences, which is like the company that organizes all of this, um, she will let us into the room. And normally she lets a few hundred people in. So normally it's like 400 to 500 people. And it's not a guarantee that you'll make it onto the wall, and the wall meaning um, that screen behind the judges where you'll actually be seen on TV. And even if you are on the wall, you can't really see yourself because you're like a tiny little mm -hmm. square among like a hundred people. <laughs> so unless your background really stands out, you'll be able to you won't be able to see yourself. They've pre-taped um, several of the acts, and they also cue you to clap and to laugh, except that they don't actually use your sound because everybody is muted. So they have like some sound effect and they just put it in while you're clapping. 
Um, so that I think that was really interesting for me to see all that happen. Do, and um, do you have any opinion about them pre-taping these, or do you think they should do just full live? Yeah, I was kind of surprised they pre-taped because I thought it was like a live show. But I also see why they uh, pre-tape for some of the acts that are more riskier. So mm -hmm. they don't pre-tape every single act. They pre-tape the acts that are more dangerous. Or there's a big chance that um, they might mess up live. And have you ever spotted yourself on this wall before? I actually have. Um, the first show, so the first live shows, which is also the first time they did um, the virtual audience, I saw myself on that wall. And then yesterday, during the live results, I also saw myself on that wall. And then I looked down at what I was wearing, and I was like, hmm, I'm not wearing that right now. They must be using <laughs> the virtual wall from a different, like, tape. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you're forever embedded in America's Got Talent history forever. Yes. You gotta, like, kind of zoom in. Oh, also, um, I saw myself on uh, Heidi's Instagram post. Like, I'm, oh, like, in the what? background. I'm one of those, like, squares in her background. That's awesome. And I just have one quick question. So when they're doing the magic trick with drawing the suns, were you one of the audience members for that? I guess I was just a little tired and I decided not to do it, even though I'd gotten the ticket. So even though it's fun being in the virtual audience, it is really, really long and it's really tiring because when you first go in, you got to like wait for a long time for them to get everything set up. And then um, Karen Kavarazzi, what she does is she looks through every single person and she tells them to adjust their screen because you know when you go on air you have to look a certain way so like for mm -hmm. people who um they aren't their faces aren't lit up she has to tell them to you know get a light or they need to adjust their screen if they're cut off um and tell people not to have virtual backgrounds and stuff like that so it takes a very long time for her to get through every single person and then there might be a pre-tape and then the show starts so we usually get on like at least an hour and a half before the actual show starts. So it's a very long time. Yeah, to be honest, if I was a virtual audience member during the sun drawing thing, I'd be the one person to not draw sun just because it's <laughs> falling cute. I'd be that one person. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, I should have stayed actually because that would look so that looks so fun. So what controversy led to Gabrielle Union and Julianne Huff not returning as judges for season 15? Um, so from what I've been reading from like a bunch of different um, articles, Gabrielle Union said um, that when Jay Leno visited the show last year to do like a taping, um, he had made a joke to Simon that kind of perpetuated stereotypes of Asian cultures eating dog meat. And um, of course, AGT has had very, very few Asians in their staff. Um, and that comment was supposed to air, but um, they ultimately cut it out because of, um, you know, Gabriella Union saying like, this is really insensitive. Um, you know, she raised this concern to producers and um, she also told them, you know, why this comment might offend, you know, the audience and other people. Um, but this issue never made it to the NBC executive staff that was on set. According to her, it's just an example of, you know, the toxic wo work culture of AGT. There was also another instance um, where she raised concerns about a certain performance and she wanted it cut out. And it wasn't just her, the other staff members actually had wanted it cut out as well. So basically there was an audition where the performer kind of crossed the line in portraying people of color and um, the producers wanted to keep it though. 
and they just simply responded, oh, we'll take it out later, as if, like, you know, it wasn't even a big deal and that they didn't really care. And so, you know, because of all of this, um, at the end of season 15, Gabrielle Union and Julianne Huff's contracts, they weren't renewed, even though they could have been. So now for Julianne Huff, it's a bit unclear why she was let go, because there were allegations that um, she had been receiving consistent criticism on like her hair, her makeup, and wardrobe, which, um, according to reports, eventually led to a decline in her morale and also led to tensions. But she has denied those allegations. So it's a bit unclear on why she's been let go from the show. Um, but however, she's still working with NBC just on different shows. Uh, there are reports that NBC is investigating the issues that were raised by Union. Um, Simon Cowell's production company and SAG-AFTRA are also investigating. So it's a good thing this issue is being taken seriously because you know inclusivity and diversity are supposedly the mission of AGT. So they have to be accountable for their decisions and actions. Um, but I do think AGT is doing a lot better this season in terms of um, diversifying their acts, but not so much the staff though, but yes for the acts. Earlier in March, when they were taping the auditions, um, Heidi Klum was sent home because, um, you know, she had been ill on set. And so this was also like the start of when like COVID started happening and becoming right. widespread. So of course, you know, producers were like really concerned. And so they were like, um, until you get tested, you can't come back on set because we don't know what you have. She only taped like an episode and a half worth of auditions. And then for a little bit, um, it was just three judges, Howie Mandel, Sophia Vergara, and Simon Cowell, and Terry Crews. So it was just three judges. And so they kind of had to change the rules a little bit. Um, but then eventually um, they hired guest judge Eric Stone Street for Modern Family um, to fill in for Heidi for the rest of the auditions, which was only like three days because then they had to shut down taping. You know, they were filming with a live audience in the beginning. And then as you kept watching, it was like live audience. And then suddenly you have three judges. And then suddenly you have no audience and three judges. So it was, it was really strange. The only good thing was that uh, for the first time you could actually hear the performers well, because usually there's like screaming and clapping in the audience. Um, and then for Simon Cowell, this was like two weeks ago, I think. So he broke his back riding some bike, I think. They did find two replacements for him. So the first week it was Kelly Clarkson. The second week it was Kenan Thompson from SNL. This past live show, live show uh, three, um, they did not have a replacement for him. It was just three judges, the three judges, three other judges. I don't know. There's been reports that this might be long-term. I think that's kind of why they didn't find another judge. Cause you know, if, if this is long-term, they would have to find a, a new judge every single week or at least find a guest judge that could fill in for him the rest of the season or however, or however long he's gonna be gone. Who were your favorite and least contestants for season 15? Let's go with my least favorite act, Alex Hooper. Um, he's a stand-up comedian, but on the show, all he does is roast the judges. That, that is literally his act, that's all he does. Um, he actually came on the show a few seasons ago and he was buzzed out um, by the judges during the audition round. So he didn't even make it past the audition round, but he came back this season and the judges let him make it to the semifinals. So he's supposed to perform next Tuesday. And I'm really interested to see what he's gonna do. <laughs> but um, in general, I, I'm not really a fan of his act and I don't think it's like worth a million dollars and a headline show. No, and what about your yeah. favorite? 
I have quite a few. Um, so one of my favorite acts is Max Major, the guy who did yeah, the song. I love Max yeah. Major. He is amazing. He can literally read people's minds. It's so cool. I also like Spyro's Bros. They do an act with the Diablos. So like they fling it and stuff like that. It's super mm-hmm. cool. I like Double Dragons. They're these twin sisters. Their vocals are amazing. And I'm so glad they made it through to um, the semifinals. I also really like Archie Williams. He was sentenced to life in prison, but um, they found out that he was innocent, but they found out like more than 20 years later. So he has a really unique story. He's a singer, he's amazing. Also another singer, it's a kid singer, she's 10. Um, Roberta Battaglia, she is Sophia's golden buzzer and she's a really good singer. She's so good. I'm not really a fan of dancers, but this group is really good. It's the Bone Breakers. Oh yes, the Bone Breakers. Yes. Um, their dancing is something completely different. They are like rotating their bodies like 180 degrees in their head and they're like, it's like they don't have bones. I think Miley's favorite is uh, Sadiq, the brown person making Ooh. jokes about the airport. I really, I hated it. During uh, the the live show on Tuesday where he was performing, he he did something like controversial with his he, act he, where he called like the woman tramp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I saw it that. did not go off well. It did not go off well. Yeah, but you know, as a brown person, I'm really tired of hearing airport jokes. It's overdone, so maybe that's why I didn't like it. But yeah, I think one of my other favorites was Christina Ray. Um, yes, she was singing Hallelujah, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the Leonard Cohen cover, but this could be on par with that. Could you just explain to me what the Duncan save is? Yeah, so the Duncan save happens during the live shows and um, it's for the acts that come in fourth, fifth and sixth place. So what they do is they put these acts in like a room. Viewers have um, about like 30 minutes to put their vote on whoever they want to uh, go through to the semifinals. So whichever act gets the most votes, um, they get to move on. Now for the remaining two acts, uh, the judges then decide who they want to, uh, you know, move on to the semifinals. So even if you're, let's say sixth, which technically that means you wouldn't be able to move on because you're sixth and there's only five spots her show to move on. You could still move on because, you know, it's really, they start, they like kind of mix everyone up. I think another one of my favorites was actually Malik Dope, the drummer, just like how he's so kinetic and moving his body and it was super cool. And Mm -hmm. I think- He was in the Duncan save last night and he was saved by the judges. Nice. And I don't know, I think Nolan Neal was kind of meh for me. I, he sings country, and I, I actually really like country. I liked his song, his original song. It was, I really enjoyed it, but he was cut. He was yeah. in the Duncan save too, but he did not get saved. Yeah, I mean, but I, I really like Malik though. If I had to choose, I would have chosen Malik. Oh, me too. I mean, I love, uh, I love country as well, and I'm really glad that Max Major made it to the. Did they make it to the semifinals? Is that how this round works? Mm-hmm, yeah, he made it. I think the most surprising for eliminations was like last night's Duncan save because I had thought that all three acts were really strong. Like they were really good. I was really surprised that they all were in the Duncan save. Like I thought that all of them would have gotten a spot in um, the semifinals. They were really good. It was Waffle Crew, Malik, and Nolan Neal. I thought they were all really, really good, but um, they were in the Duncan save. 
but I'm really glad Waffle Crew and Malik got saved. Oh yeah, Waffle really, Crew really was liked. good. Mm -hmm. I really liked them. And then in terms of other surprising eliminations, I think we should just talk about judge cuts as a whole. In another season for judge cuts, what happens is um, it's similar to live shows where, you know, acts go on every week and they perform. And the But um, the only difference is the judges decide who moves on to the live shows. Um, but this year, I guess because of COVID, um, Judge Cuts was only one episode. And they didn't let every single act who had passed auditions perform in the Judge Cuts. So they, for like a lot of the acts, I think like 85% of the acts, they based their decision off of those acts' audition. And then they decided whether they would move on to the live shows. A bunch of acts never got the chance to perform in front of the judges. They chose 10 acts that they were indecisive about, and they let them perform again. For like the other acts, it was like very unclear during the episode who was gonna make it forward and who wasn't. Like it was kind of a mess. Besides the 10 acts that I knew for sure, like I saw them. The other acts I made it through, that made it through auditions and were in judge cuts, um, it was very unclear like who made it through and who didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think just the way they judged during judge cuts, like basing the acts off auditions, that was very, very surprising to me. And I also thought that's kind of unfair too. Like I get why you had to do it, but like that's an unfair advantage. Yeah, I can definitely see that being unfair to certain people over certain others, but you know, you have to do what you can during COVID-19, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, but I mean, the show's still amazing. I It's amazing how they adapted so quickly. And so who are you rooting for to get first place? And do you think has the biggest odds of getting first place? If, if you just had to make an educated guess right now on the spot. Oh, let me think. Okay, so um, if I had to predict, I would predict that one of the Golden Buzzer acts would would win um, season 15 of AGT. So Howie's Golden Buzzer was Brandon Leak, who um, made history actually in AGT by becoming the first person to perform spoken word poetry. And it was really good. But he has not performed in live shows yet. I'm not, he's not coming on next week. So I think maybe the weeks after. And then also Christina Ray, Heidi's Golden Buzzer, and Roberta Battaglia, Sophia's Golden Buzzer. But I don't think Simon's Golden Buzzer is gonna make it through, which is Waffle Crew, just because they ended up in the Duncan Save um, in the live shows. So that's why. And what exactly is Golden Buzzer? Is it just like Judge's Choice kind of thing? Yeah, it's, it's like, um, you know, the judges they kind of see something in those acts that could be potential winners. And so they give those acts um, the golden buzzer. And each judge can only do that once mm -hmm. during the audition. Um, and so once you get the golden buzzer, you automatically sail to the live rounds. So like you can't be eliminated anymore until the live rounds. I mean, I'm also hoping that, you know, Christina wins America's Got Talent <laughs> because she is very good at singing. I know, yeah. And her son is so cute. His son appears, has appeared like on episodes. He's so adorable. Nice. And so where do you see the future of America's Got Talent and I guess other reality shows like this during COVID? Do you think it's sustainable? AGT has adapted really, really well to the tight restrictions, you know, around COVID-19 that has helped them succeed so far. I have been reading that their show ratings have actually gone up since the beginning of COVID because, you know, everyone's at home, they have nothing to do. And AGT is like one of the only reality shows currently filming that I know of. And, you know, having a virtual live audience up on the wall behind the judges and around, you know, the entire studio is 
what has made them unique during this time? Because I also think, you know, no other show is doing this. So, you know, I'm going to continue watching and I can't wait to see, you know, what AGT is going to continue doing in the future, you know, adapting to this whole situation. Because they've been doing some incredible stuff. And also they've been allowing um, acts, you know, to uh, perform, like, you know, for acts that are international, there were, there was a performance from Taiwan, from India, they let those acts, um, you know, uh, perform via satellite. So they didn't have to come. It was up on a screen and they performed. It was super cool. Um, they've also let acts use the entire Universal Studios lot. So they didn't just, you know, confine them to performing on a stage, which they did prior. Like you had to perform on the stage, but they've really like um, changed things up this uh, season. That's pretty cool. I mean, satellite performances and not being restricted, that could definitely open the floodgates mm -hmm. to more diverse and more unique talents out there. Yeah, like the set, the set decorations and the set setups, they're so cool. Like they're amazing. And so do you have any final comments about anything you forgot to discuss or anything that you want to elaborate on? If you're interested at seeing like a little behind the scenes production of AGT, um, and just like generally of a live show, you should totally try to get tickets to a virtual taping. Um, it's super cool to get to see like behind the camera, behind the scenes, um, especially if you're interested in television production. So yeah, you just have to look up on-camera audiences. That's the company that's arranging this whole thing. They even have a Facebook group. You can join that. Emily Hong, thank you so much for agreeing to be on this episode of Let's Talk Media, especially since the world is up in flames right now because that's just 2020. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed talking about AGT.